What's up, y'all? It's JLP, the host of Mastering Single Podcast, coming to you with this brand new episode. Hope you had a wonderful week. I pray that you will have a restful weekend. And I'm just so, so grateful that you were able to tune in to tonight's episode, which is not going to be very long. Um, but however, I believe that this episode will greatly encourage you in the season that you're in to really to continue to build your relationship with the Lord and trust in God. I know it's so it really blows my mind that we are in the seventh month of the year but i'm just so grateful that god has kept us god has provided for us and god continues to show himself faithful and um very quickly i just wanted to go ahead and just um let my haitian brothers and sisters know that i'm thinking of you i'm praying for you i know that recently um there were devastating news that the haitian president jovenel moise was assassinated in his own home um that is very uncalled for and I just pray that again, that the, the, the people of Haiti would know that Haiti is a nation that belongs to God. All the nations on the earth belong to God. The word of God lets us know that he is, he is the one that owns it all. He owns it all. He owns everything that is on the earth and in heaven. Uh, there's a particular scripture where God himself, he said, you know, if I was hungry, would you, wouldn't you think I would... Um, um, have plenty to eat like wouldn't you think that i would get anything that i want um from this land i'm just paraphrasing but yes god he owns it all you know and it's because of god that we even have our being It's because of god that we even have life it is a miracle that you are alive and not just alive but that you you know you exist you know that god even um had you in mind to create you that in itself is a wonder and sometimes we get so used to reality that we we don't have that childlike faith to say wow god created me um i was thought i was thought of by god you know god actually thought of me to bring me into creation to bring me into being and so i just wanted to let you guys know again for those of you guys who are my brothers and sisters um haitian brothers and sisters i'm thinking of you i'm praying for you and i know that indeed um god he's a god of redemption he's a god of redemption he's a god that's able to redeem and restore and make things better and i believe that he will be able to make that for you know the nation of haiti the people of haiti um I've seen that he's done great things before throughout history with the Israelites, with the Jewish nation. And I believe that he's able to do it for Haiti. He's able to do it for the United States. But we just need to understand that we need to humble ourselves and recognize him for who he is. You know, God is a loving God, but at the same time, God is a God um, who who knows all the glory is due to his name. Um, the glory is not due to any president. The glory is not due to any government. Um, the glory itself is not due to any people, group, any racial background, etc. But all the glory is due to his name. Amen. And so very quickly, I just want to go ahead and just share the topic of discussion on tonight's episode. And um, the title of tonight's episode is faith god's timing and god's will what is the connection between the three faith god's timing and god's will what is the connection between the three if you're familiar with this podcast you know that i'm very big on faith i'm very big on talking about god's timing um since 2019 god really has been just teaching me in regards to faith and his timing and i actually had the opportunity to preach in my local church um in the uh june 2019 yeah so i had the opportunity to preach at my local church in june 2019 and i really wanted the people right i really wanted the congregation to understand um god's timing and the reason being is because i feel like a lot of uh, people not 
it's not their fault, um, but it's, you know, it's what has been taught to them or it's what they're, um, you know, they're used to hearing concerning God's timing. So I believe a lot of people, when they think of God's timing, they very much so think of it in a mystical way, like it's very divine to the point where, um, you, you know, like it, it is just in God's hand. Yes, of course, it's in God's hand, but it's like they think that they have no control, like they like their choices doesn't matter, like their choices um, is not able to dictate their life right? Their choices is not able to bring God's blessings to their lives. Uh, their choices is not able to make them become more uh, rich or make them become more poor in a sense, because they feel that because God is sovereign, right? He, um, in his sovereignty, he has already predestined some people to be rich, some people to be poor. He has already predestined some people to be marry some people to be single for life yes god knows our days right he has numbered our days but at the same time if you read scripture god has always worked with people god has always partnered um with creation he has always partnered um with humankind the people that he created and that is very important for us to understand because when we understand that we become a people that have a faith lifestyle meaning you don't just sit and wait for a miracle to drop from heaven to be like okay um today is going to be a blessed day no you come like you command your morning right or you command your day meaning that you walk in an attitude of faith where you don't wait for purpose to happen to you but you manifest it and for some of you guys who um follow me on ig you might have heard that term before manifesting your purpose it is definitely a concept a movement that i created since 2016 and Hopefully, by the grace of God, I'm going to be able to really talk more in depth about that. Because that's another thing that I see in society is that a lot of people think purpose is going to just slap them in the face. But the thing is, the reality is, the truth is, God has already revealed our purpose within his word and he wants us to be a people of faith that actually activate purpose now and not just waiting for something uh, dramatic to happen to be like, whoa, okay, I know my purpose, etc., etc. And so it's the same thing with God's timing. Um, when we know then God's purpose according to scripture for us, and when we understand his will also according to scripture, then we're going to see that God's timing truly is a now uh, timing, meaning God's timing, um, it, it's not something that's far off um, in the future, but you could literally accelerate God's timing based upon your faith and also knowing God's will. God's will is something that the Lord always, always wants to be manifested every single day there's not a day that god does not want his will to be manifested amen i'm gonna say this again there's not a day that god doesn't want his will to be manifested and so every single day the lord as the bible say, says he's looking throughout the earth just to seeing who would be humble who is open right um to be used by him and so god is literally every single day looking on the earth to see uh, which human being will have the faith of elijah or will have the faith of abraham to really actually you know be about his business his kingdom business be about his purpose be about his will in order for him to accelerate his time and to do some things right amen some of you maybe you want god to be um doing some amazing things in your life because you understand that he's a good father you understand that yes he has a purpose for me again according to his word in jeremiah 29 verse 11 um he says that he has plans to prosper us and uh, not to harm us but to give us hope in the future okay god that's amazing that's wonderful but how can i partner with you to see this plan this purpose that you have for my life manifest in the here and now because god is a, a god of today amen 
The Bible said he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so God is the God of today. What is God wanting me to do right now, this very moment? How is God able to manifest his will in my life this very day? And so that's really what I want us to just capture within this um, episode is how can we go ahead and use faith and with uh, the knowledge that we know about God's will according to scripture to really see God's timing accelerate. And so I want to go ahead and quickly read some um, some scriptures with you guys. I'm going to quickly read first scriptures concerning God's will. And after I've read these scriptures, we're going to be able to talk about them very quickly. And then I'll go ahead and go back and talk more about faith and to just really help you to understand how faith plays a major role uh, when it comes to God's timing and also when it comes to God's will. Yes, God's will stands on its own, but we have noticed throughout scripture where God actually waited upon the faith of the people to really intervene and do some incredible things. And so some of the scriptures that you can read to really have a better understanding of God's timing. I want to quickly go ahead and read 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 3 to 4 and it says this it says this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of truth. I'm going to read this again. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 3 to 4 this is good and pleases our This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of truth. I'm going to pause right there very quickly. So these scriptures, again, um, they address God's will. And so right there in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 to 4, it's letting us know off the bat that God's will is for all to be saved. So really God's will. One of the main components within God's will is that he wants every human being on the earth to be saved. And he also wants every human being to know the knowledge of truth. The knowledge of truth. What truth? That, you know, Jesus Christ is the son of God. He came right on the earth to die for our sins because he understood that we did not have relationship with the Lord because with with Father God, uh, because sin came to the earth after Adam and Eve disobeyed God. Right. And, you know, listen to Satan deceptions. Right. Um, But also it is a knowledge of truth. We have to see truth as well. The supreme truth, which is God, right? Knowing that God, he is real. Uh, He is creator and he is God. Um, We know that God, again, three in one, Father God, the the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Um, However, we also know that here in this text, it says he wants also for us people, right? Human beings to have knowledge of truth. So knowledge of truth that he is God almighty, but also knowledge of truth in general. What is true? What is right from wrong? What is the truth? What is this truth concerning your life? You know, what is the truth concerning what God wants you to do in this season? What is the truth that God wants you uh, to do in the next season? Meaning what is the career perhaps God wants you to um, have the faith to pursue? What is the uh, partner that God has for you? Um, What is the initiative, the kingdom initiative that God wants you to do for the remainder of 2021, right? So there's certain things concerning your life. You need to know, you have to have a knowledge of it to be able to have great success in those areas of your life. And so of course, the supreme truth is that God wants us to know that he is real. He is God. He exists. Um, You know, everything did not exist um, because of the big bang or anything else. There's no God apart from him. It is him. It is Yahweh, right? His son, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, three in one. Okay. Holy Trinity. 
And he also wants us to understand that he wants us to have a knowledge of truth, meaning he wants us to be a people that have great discernment. He wants us to be a people that has the mind of Christ. He wants to reveal knowledge of truth to us. He doesn't want us to be deceived. He doesn't want us to um, have lies, right, within our mind. He doesn't want lies to become our beliefs. He doesn't want lies to become the truth to us. He wants the truth to be truth to us. And so it is God's will, remember this, it is God's will for you to have a knowledge of truth. And so if some of you guys feel like you're confused in this season and you're in desperate need of discernment, you're in desperate need of direction, I want you to know it is God's will for you to know the truth. It is not God's will for you to be confused. It is not God's will for you to be doubtful, to be double-minded. He wants you to know the truth. And I know for me personally, there's certain things that I really want God to make super, super clear for me in this season. So that way I can move forward because I understand this is a critical season. This is a critical, critical decade, you know, so I'm not even just paying attention to the year year 2021, but I'm paying attention to the decade in general. And I hope that you're paying attention to that as well. Maybe some of you just turned 20 years old. So you're starting a brand new decade. Maybe some of you just turned 30. Maybe some of you you just turned 40. You're starting a brand new decade. So you need to have those time with the Lord and say, God, show me what it is that you're showing me with this, within this new decade. What is it that you want me to do within these 10 years? Amen. And so God wants you to know that revelation. He wants you to know the knowledge of the truth of where he's taking you within the next 10 years or what he wants you to do within the next 10 years. Very quickly, y'all, let's go ahead to 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18. And again, very quickly, I'm just reading a few scriptures that really talks about God's will. So all all of us can have a better idea what that is. First Thessalonians 5 verse 18 says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is so important. Oh my gosh. Gratitude is not something that's just scientifically uh, proven now to be a blessing to us, to, um, you know, give us joy, to give us peace, etc. But gratitude is something that God himself um, is, is truly telling us to do according to his word. If you think about it, gratitude, uh, you know, giving thanks. Yes, God wants us to do it freely within our hearts. That's what he wants. He wants, he wants us to truly uh, serve him, you know, with our heart um, voluntarily. But at the same time, you will notice that it is also a commandment. And often the reason why the Israelites were, 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 were going through some tough times, some tough seasons, is because they would always break that, that commandment to give God things. They would be ungrateful. Every time when God would do something for them, they would forget God. And they would begin to create idols to worship. And they would completely forget the Lord and his goodness. And so here in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18, it's telling us that God's will is for us to give him thanks. Give him thanks when? When we receive blessings? No, no, no. God's will is for us to give him thanks when we have blessings and when we don't have blessings. When we feel good and when we don't feel good. Because God is wanting us to have a lifestyle of gratitude. He wants us to have a lifestyle, meaning, uh, he, for example, God wants to have a people, right? that are authentic, that are genuine towards him. Just like God, you know, he's genuine towards us. He is faithful towards us. He wants us to be faithful towards him. Of course, the Lord knows that we are human, right? That, you know, there are times we'll be faithless, but at the same time, God wants your heart posture to be faithful towards him. God wants you to uh, be a person, right? That even when you're going through a tough season, you're not gonna let that tough season cause you to curse God, amen? 
And so God is telling us his will is for us to give him thanks. And there's such a, a, my goodness, there is such a truth in that text. Think about it. If it's God's will for us to give thanks, right? Pay close to mind to this. Pay attention to this. If it's God's will for us to give thanks, right? In every circumstance, in every season, God literally knows that when we do this, not only is it the right thing to do, right? To praise him because he is worthy of it. But he knows that moves his heart. He knows that actually is going to cause him, amen, cause him to open the floodgates of heaven and to really bring down provision that he knows that we need, you know. And, and, and we see that example throughout scripture where every time when the Jewish people would remember God's faithfulness, would remember God's generosity towards, towards um, them, and would begin now to praise him and say, Lord, I remember all that you have done, etc., etc. We would see God would literally redeem whatever it is that was lost in their lives. Like God would literally continue to provide to the, for them. And again, it's not because it was never God's intent to bless his people. But at the same time, we have to understand God is the God who truly wants for us to give him thanks and we know that indeed when we give him thanks, it's not something that we're losing. You don't lose time. You don't waste time when you're giving God thanks. Every time when you're praising God, every time when you're praying unto the Lord, every time when you are investing in, in God's word to study it, you're not wasting time. Whatever it is that you're investing for the Lord and in in whatever you're doing, right? Um, when it comes to your Christian faith, if it's like reading your word, if it's praying, if, it, if it's fasting, you're not wasting that time. You're sowing seeds, right? You're sowing seeds and eventually, indeed, God is not a man to lie. He will bless you. He says in his word in Jeremiah that he he does not tell his people to seek him in vain. My goodness. What other God would say that? He says it himself in his word. He does not tell his people to seek him in vain. So literally, God is saying, every time you spend time to seek me, to pray unto me, to fast before me, to praise me, to worship me, to thank me in every circumstance, he's like, you know what? Don't even worry about it. Don't even stress about it. Watch what I do for you. Watch what I do in your life. Very quickly, let's go ahead and read Romans 12 verse 2. Romans 12 verse 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. This scripture, y'all, a lot of us are familiar with it. But what I love about scripture is because sometimes when you really take time to meditate God's word, it really just it just really hits you different and says, wow, it, it makes you say, wow. Did you guys hear that? Let me just go ahead and read it again, especially the, the latter part of it, where it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Some of us, sometimes we're praying for God, right? To give us discernment, direction, um, so that we may know who he has for us, right? Your future spouse. So that you may know which uh, job for you to accept. Maybe you apply to three jobs. All three of them are very well. Um, but you don't know exactly which one you should say yes to. Maybe some of us, we ask God whether we should end a friendship or um, keep a friendship. And you just don't know um, what answer, um, you know, what, what decision you should make or what is the answer that God has for you. But here in Romans 12 verse 2, it tells us that 
pretty much God's will is not a mystery for us. God's will is something that we have access to. And it tells us that we have access to God's will if indeed we are renewing our mind. Renewing our mind with what? With his word and protecting ourselves from the things of this world. Because if you focus on the first part of the scripture, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. And so pretty much God is saying, whatever pattern you see in the world, whatever thing you see that the world is doing or that is um, of worldly influence, my will is not in it. But however, my will indeed is from my word, is from my truth. It says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing our mind with what? Again, God's word. And so the more that we eat the word of God, the more that we meditate on God's word, he begins, right? The Holy Spirit, which is God also, that lives in us. He begins to cause us to know God's will because we're always intaking God's word. And so that's why it's so important for all of us to read God's word. Because if you're not reading God's word, you lack his will. You lack the understanding of his will. And sometimes even when you're praying and you're saying, God, what should I do? What should I do? You're not able to discern what it is you should do because you're not reading God's word. And again, I understand there's certain things that is not in the word of God. Meaning like maybe you're trying to say, God, should I, um, should I buy this ticket to go to, uh, let's say, Jamaica, right? the word of God is not going to say your name. Uh, You should not buy this ticket to go to Jamaica. But however, because you have spent time, right, meditating on God's word, and because you have spent time in prayer, the Holy Spirit probably brought you across a passage that was talking about checking your heart posture, checking your motives, and that probably convicted you, right? And then as you read that scripture, um, even though while you were reading it, maybe it didn't hit you yet, but throughout the day is just again minister to your heart and you're like oh my goodness should I really go to this trip to the to Jamaica do I really want to go to Jamaica because I want to or do I just want to go to Jamaica so I can just do a reel and post it on Instagram and just post you know cute pictures so, so everybody can see that you know I'm living the life you know what I mean I just use that as an example um just to give you a, a, a better understanding of, of that of that concept renewing our mind like what does that mean and how can that in fact um, bless us to know God's will and that is something scripture itself tells us if you constantly renew your mind with God's word you will know indeed his perfect will Hebrews 13 verse 20 to 21 is another one I want to go ahead and quickly read to y'all that also give us a better understanding of God's will and it says now may the God of peace that's very important for us to see God is a God of peace y'all so if you have confusion if you have doubt I just strongly encourage you just remain in prayer, remain persistent in prayer, because again, our God is a God of peace, not confusion. So if you still feel like you have um, confusion, you have doubt, you're not sure, you know, you're not sure of what to say, what to do. You're not sure of to say yes or no in regards to a decision. Continue to remain before the Lord, because the word here just said God of peace. He is a God of peace. So again, Hebrews 13, verse 20 to 21 says, Now may the God of peace, who who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ to be glory forever and ever. Um, I want you to quickly pay attention to verse 21. That's where I really want y'all to um, to see something concerning God's will. Um, that's so that's so important here 
you know, Paul is the one that's speaking here. And he says in verse 21, equip you with everything good for doing his will. So he's literally saying that God, because now we have the gift of Jesus, Jesus now has become, has begun, excuse me, has become um, our open door. Jesus has become our access to God and not just our access to God, but because we have access to God, he has become our access to everything that we need to do God's will. Isn't that amazing? And so pretty much Paul here is saying, God will literally give you anything that is good to do his will. And so for those of you, my, my single brothers and sisters, God, listen to me. God wants to give you everything good to do his will. What is one of the main things concerning God's will? God wants everyone to be saved. But the, again, the same word of God, the Bible, the scripture says two are better than one. So during this critical time in history, God knows that some of us, we need divine partnerships. We need divine friendships and kingdom marriages, right? We need kingdom couples. We need uh, two people coming together as one, really doing great, wonderful works for the kingdom of God. For the, what purpose? For what will? So that all can be saved. So that many souls could come to know the, the knowledge and revelation of Jesus Christ and accept him as Lord and Savior of, of their lives. And so God will never, this scripture also, if you can see, it correlates to where God says he does not withhold any good gift from his children. So God, anything that is good and God knows that will help you to do his will, that will help you to fulfill your purpose, that will help you to reach your destiny. He's going to give it to you. But the thing is, we have to, again, check the motives of our heart, check the motives of our heart. And the thing is, it's important now then. If that is the case, it's important now then um, for me to just quickly uh, mention God's timing here. It's important now, y'all, for us to know God's will. Because when we know God's will, we're able to pray God's will to the Lord. And when you are able to pray God's will to him, God is like, oh man, she really knows my will. Oh my goodness, my son, he really knows my will. And when he sees your uh, excitement for his kingdom, when he sees your excitement to really just, you know, be about his business and to really walk in your purpose, again, that's when you see God is like, oh, let's do it today. Let's do it now. I see you already. I see you're ready for my glory. I see you're ready um, to really just work wonders, signs and miracles, uh, just like my son, Jesus Christ. Because the, the word of God tells us that when we're on earth, we are Christ ambassadors. We are Christ representatives. When Jesus see you, excuse me, excuse me, when others see you, they see Jesus. When others see you, y'all, they see Jesus. That should be the case. That should be the case. When people see me, they should see Jesus. It's not that we're claiming to be Christ. Of course not. Because that's what the Antichrist is going to try to do, right? But they should see us just like people saw Peter. Remember when Peter um, was going to deny, was going to betray Jesus three times. Not betray, but he was going to deny that he knew Christ. Um, when, when the woman said, you know, aren't you the one too that was with, you know, Jesus, etc., etc.? And he would say, no, I, I never knew him, etc. And Jesus already gave Peter that revelation that you would deny me three times. But Peter was like, I, never, I, I, will do, I will not do that, Lord. You know how, how loyal I am to you. You know how much I love you. I would never do that. But then Peter went ahead and did that. But the thing is, that lady, although she did not know Peter 
um, that well, although she did not have a personal relationship with, with, with Peter, she recognized that Peter was Jesus's disciple because there was something about Peter that she saw um, in Peter that reflected Christ. There was something about Peter that she saw reflected the man, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that should be the same for us. When people see us in society, they should see Jesus. They should recognize Christ in us. Amen. And so that is God's will. God's will is for us to reveal to others his son by our, by our, um, our, our works here on the earth for his kingdom, by our love, by the way we treat other people and ourselves, etc. And so if God sees indeed in this season that you're able to do such things, within a kingdom marriage that he sees that you'll you'll be able to greatly do these things through a kingdom marriage he will grant you the kingdom marriage sometimes it's not necessarily a perfect timing that you should be waiting on but you should again study god's will know what god's will is and go before god in prayer and pray to him concerning his will let him know your interests and really seeing his will manifest on the earth and i'm telling you do not miss um uh, miss you know underestimate god do not miss do not underestimate god get out of that thinking oh my goodness i'm gonna wait on god's perfect timing but then again what is god's perfect timing define god's perfect timing and if you begin to define god's perfect timing you will understand is when you know the knowledge of god's will and you know what it means to um to have the faith right to see god's will manifest on the earth so if your faith is there and you have the knowledge of god's will Keep it in mind that any day, any day could be God's day for you, for you to do what it is that he has called you to do. Any day could be God's day um, to grant you a miracle. Any day could be God's day for him to just truly, through your life, make others see his glory manifest. Lastly, when it comes to scriptures, I want us to pay attention to that's talking about God's will. So you can have a better understanding of God's will is Romans 8 verse 28. And it says, and we know that all things and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Oh, wow. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What does that reveal to us, y'all? God's will is for your life to be good, to end in good. God's will is not for your life to be a sad case, to be a sad story, to be a tragedy. God's will is for your life to be extraordinary. God's will for your life is to be a miracle, miraculous. God wants to redeem every part of your life. That's what it means in Romans 8 verse 28. He wants your life to be a life that didn't have any losses, but only wins. But how can you get those wins? It's because when God redeems whatever that was lost, and he restores this and he makes it better than you could have ever imagined that's what it means it says and we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him god's will is for you to have an expected and a good outcome keep that in your head write it down god's will is for me to have a good outcome because when you have a good outcome y'all do you know what that means it means god is being glorified because listen if 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 the let's go back to scripture very quickly Imagine if the Old Testament was only full of um, losses when it, when, it, when it came to the Israelites, right? The Jewish people. Imagine for a second. Imagine if Joseph's story 
after his brother sold him, right? And he ended up becoming an, an Egyptian slave and he ended up just working as a slave for a Potiphar, etc. Imagine if his story just ended that way. How would God get the glory from his life? Just think about it for a moment. How would God get the glory if his life just was a tragedy in that sense? Like there was, there was no good days except the day that he had that, that, that dream that he was telling his mother and father and his brothers. Let's go back and let's go back to Job account very quickly. How would God get the glory if after Job lost it all, he lost his, his children, right? He even lost his wife because his wife was even the one that was encouraging him to curse God. He lost his wealth, his possessions. Imagine if even after all that was said and done, the rest of his life was still like an unending cycle of losses. How would God get the glory then? Let's look at Paul's life. Okay, Paul still, still died, right? He still died a painful death, but at the end of the day, God still got the glory from Paul's life. How? In what way? Remember, Paul was the greatest. Paul was the greatest persecutor of the church. And we can even we can even assume that he killed as well many Christians. Many times when you read the Bible, it says that he just, you know, um, would, 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 you know, throw the Christians in jail or maybe get other people to throw the Christians in jail. But I'm feeling like he probably also murdered them as well. Okay, and and Paul was very prideful too. He was very prideful because he was very smart, educated, in regards to the law and also in regards to different type of studies. Um, during that time, um, he was a philosophical thinker. Like he he was a smart guy. Now think about it. If even after the Lord gave him that vision while, while he was on his way to Damascus, and he still ended up, you know, just being a hard-headed and not paying God any mind. How would God get the glory? But God got the glory from Paul's life because at the end of the day, we see God taking Saul, making him Paul, and we seeing God completely revolutionize his life. He became one of the biggest church persecutors to becoming one of the biggest church leaders. <laughs> Amen. And so even though his death was not peaceful like John, the disciple of Christ, the disciple that Christ said, the disciple that um, Christ said loved him most, or he he actually saw himself as the disciple that loved Christ the most. Although his death was peaceful, you know, in, in, in comparison with Peter and Paul. However, Paul still glorified God. God was able to cause his glory to manifest in Paul's life because he completely transformed his life. He completely transformed Paul's life and Paul himself knew it. And that's why Paul, even though he saw death coming, he had great sense of peace and joy. Amen. And I said all this to say, y'all, that is what Romans 8 verse 20 is all about. When it comes to the will of God, God's will is not for your story to end in tragedy, but God's will is for your story to end in triumph. Don't uh, don't believe that if your if someone's story ends in death, that means, oh, my goodness, they were a lost cause. That's not true. God is able to completely transform and revolutionize your life that even God forbid death comes knocking at your door. You're not afraid of death. You smile at death because you know that again, because you are in Christ. The prize has already been won. You already won the prize, eternal life. And your life, t- 
testified of God's faithfulness and goodness. Amen. And so I said all this, (laughs) y'all, to bring us now to this. Let's go back to faith again. Let's go back to faith again. Let's go back to faith. I wanted to talk about God's will because, again, um, God's will is very, very important. And if you're a believer, um, God's will should be your greatest desire. It should be your greatest desire to remain in God's perfect will and not be outside of God's perfect will. Because in God's perfect will, um, there is safety. There is revelation of who he is and what he has for you. And, um, again, you can never go wrong when you're in within his will. And... Um, that was important for me to just talk about God's will first. But now let's talk about faith very quickly. Because if you think about it, though God's will is sovereign, we have to still bear in mind that God cannot force us to do anything. Um, to the point where, you know, like, that is the reason why, too, you see that, unfortunately, although God's will is for all to be saved, there's some people that will still choose not to accept Jesus Christ. And because they have chosen to deny Christ, we know that they are not able to attain eternal life. That's how it goes. It is not God himself that's like, oh, okay, I'm going to send that person to hell, etc. But that is, that, is, that is the outcome. You know, that is the outcome. The same way that you accept God's will, you accept God's will by faith. Don't we? We accept God's will by faith because, again, God's will is for all to be saved. But for you to be that, to be a part of that all to be saved, you have to accept his will by faith. And what does that mean to accept his will by faith? You now accept his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so now we see here then, especially according to Hebrews, then when it talks about the great cloud of witnesses, we see that faith is required for the believer in every season of life. Because faith is going to continuously also help you to believe God's will. When someone hearing God's will, it is God's will for um, all to be saved. Or when someone hears that, you know, it is God's will for you to be healed. Okay, that's in God's will. I'm reading about it. But if my faith is not there, if my faith is not made alive, people can tell me that's God's will all they want to. But I'm not able to really um, reap the benefits in God's will. I'm not able to really see God's will being manifest in my life. And so that is why it's important when it comes to faith for us to understand we have to be a people of great faith. We have to be a people that have faith lifestyle because faith pleases God and faith always allows us to be engaged with God's will. And when you and I are engaged in God's will, God is able to step in. God is able to do miracles. God is able to do that very thing even now. You know, it, it, you don't need to wait for a couple of years for a healing to happen. The healing could happen now. And we see that when Jesus himself, he left the town and he said, you know, I'm, you know like I could have done more miracles, but they didn't have faith. And yes, I understand sometimes, you know, like 
we pray, we pray, we pray with great faith and there's something still not happening, something still not happening, right? You pray and that sickness still hasn't gone away. You prayed and for some reason, uh, God still didn't send that, that kingdom spouse to you. You prayed and for some reason, you, you still find yourself in debt or you still find yourself um, having lack and you're never having enough, etc., etc. And so you're saying to, uh, to me and you may be saying to yourself too, you're saying, what am I doing wrong? I have faith. I've been praying. I've been persistent. What am I doing wrong? very quickly i want you now to again focus on these main bible characters i can never get tired of talking about the the account of joseph i really can't because i believe their stories really assist us to keep the faith in every circumstance so that way we don't give up joseph was a man that truly had faith in god he was a man of faith the bible lets us know and he knew God's purpose and will for his life straight off the bat. He knew that from the beginning. God revealed it to him, right? Through a dream. But however, although he had faith, although he knew God's will and purpose for his life, his life became the complete opposite of that. It seems as if right after he received that revelation from God concerning him, his life turned upside down. So what do you say concerning that? How come God's will did not manifest in his life right away, although he had faith, although he had the confidence and he knew he was hearing from God? I'm going to tell you guys. <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys. And it's truly just fascinating to me how, how God works and operates. You see, y'all, sometimes God is testing the faith we profess. I'm going to say this again. Sometimes God is testing the faith we profess. <laughs> Sometimes God is testing the faith we profess. You and I, we can say we have faith. We can say we have faith. We can say with passion, with charisma, all that. But God himself knows too that words if they're not tested they cannot stand like they can't they're not enough for us to put our trust in Hmm. words if they're not tested they cannot stand they're not enough for us to put our trust in and so yeah we say we have faith you say we say god yes i have faith i trust you i love you lord you know we say all these things but then God is saying, oh, really, do you? And so he puts us to the test. And he doesn't put us to the test because he doesn't want to bless us. He doesn't want his purpose to manifest in our lives. But he puts us to the test because he is testing our faith. He is testing our faith. He wants to see if our faith is true or if our faith is just a faith that is only good when everything else around us is good. You see what happened when, in the case of Joseph, he had faith, but now what happened? His surrounding changed. His surrounding changed. He wasn't, he wasn't where the life was happening anymore. <laughs> he was where no one can see him. He was where light seemed to not shine on. But yet his faith remained. And for some of us in this season, that is what God is doing in our lives. God has heard us proclaim and profess our faith. 
God has heard our prayers. But God wants to know if you will still have the faith, even if your life is not matching his word. If you will still have the faith, even though your strength is deteriorating. If you would still have the faith, even when you see everyone around you is being blessed, but it seems like you're not being blessed. It seems like you're, it seems like you're in lack, right? God is testing your faith. It doesn't mean the promise is not coming. It doesn't mean the blessing is not coming. Just change your perspective and see that God is testing your faith, the faith you profess. Because the Bible says faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of things we did not yet see. Hmm. And that requires a lot of patience in self. David, he had to be patient. He had to be patient. I don't know about you, but sometimes when God tells you something, you feel like it's going to come that moment, right? You feel like it's going to come that same day or at least the same year or at least the year after, right? But it doesn't. And that's what, that's what Joseph was going through. And maybe some of you guys are going through that same phase where God said something to you a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, three years ago, five years ago, eight years ago. And you're like, whoa, I didn't think it was going to take this long. <laughs> maybe God did not say that. Maybe it was just my imagination, right? But let me challenge you tonight. Maybe God did say that. And maybe he's just testing your faith. Maybe like Joseph, right now, this is the last step for you to reach your breakthrough. But God just want to test your faith to see how long you will be willing to hang in there to experience your breakthrough. What I admire about the story of Joseph is that his faith never faltered. He did not give up. Yes, he was weak at times, feeling discouraged. But yet, even in his, in his lowest of time, even when he felt discouraged, he kept remembering God's word. Are you doing that in this season? Are you remembering God's word? Are you remembering God's word? What is the word that God told you? And also, what is the word of God that you've read today in your Bible? What is that word saying? Have you been standing upon that, what that word was saying to you today? Very quickly, as I get ready to just end this episode, I didn't want it to be long, y'all, but I pray that some of you are really being blessed. Not some of you. I, I pray that each and every one of you who have taken the time to listen to this long episode um, are being blessed by this episode, that you are receiving certain nuggets right certain truths from this episode concerning the current situation that you're in or whatever it is that you're believing God to do for your life there are more scriptures that I wanted to share but for the sake of time I'm gonna go ahead and share one more scripture and that is Luke um, 1 verse 45 but however I strongly recommend y'all to read Luke 11 um, verse 1 to 8 and I also want you to excuse me, not Luke 11, verse 1 to 8, Luke um, 18, verse 1 to 8. And I also want you to go ahead and read Luke 11, verse 8 to 9. I'm going to say this again. I'm going to be reading um, the last scripture for tonight on the episode, Luke 1, verse 45. And then for you guys in your quiet time, I just want you to go ahead and meditate on Luke 11, verse 8 to 9 and Luke 18, verse 1 to 8. Luke 1, verse 45, y'all, it says... 
Blessed is she who believes the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. And please, y'all, um, don't focus too much on the she, especially if you're a man. This scripture is for you as well. Um, and the reason why this is so important is because if you look um, throughout scripture, there are certain Bible passages where it says he, right? But does that mean necessarily that it's only for men? Of course not. Uh, and I could go ahead and go to a, another um, direction. Um, but I'm not going to do that for tonight because I was going to be like, you know, especially when the Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. But if you see all the scriptures, it literally will say blessed is he who believes. Right. Or blessed um, is he who trusts in the Lord. Is it only a blessing when a man trusts in God or also when women trust in God? Um, so pay that in, pay attention to that as well. Keep that in mind that there are certain um scriptures even though you see it says he y'all it's not just for men but it is for any child of god amen and so it says in luke 1 verse 45 blessed is she who believed the lord will fulfill his promises to her and that passage is talking about mary because in that whole chapter which is a beautiful powerful chapter um is the count of Mary becoming the mother of Jesus. But even before Mary became the mother of Jesus, um, in the beginning of that passage, in the whole chapter, right, one of Luke, it was talking about Elizabeth, and it was talking about how Elizabeth was old, right? But yet she could never conceive, etc. And, you know, even Elizabeth, she reached a point where she didn't believe she was going to be able to conceive. But then, however... The Lord was faithful and caused her to become pregnant. And she was even six months pregnant when an angel of the Lord revealed to Mary that she would be the mother of Jesus Christ. And so although although um, the blessed is she who believed the Lord would fulfill his promises to her um, is really talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. But honestly, in my opinion, I also believe it was talking about Elizabeth as well, because there came a point where. Elizabeth's husband, he had a level of disbelief because when the angel um, told her husband that, you know, the Lord would grant them a child, he started asking questions. And the, the question that he was asking wasn't coming from a place of faith, but it was coming from a place of, of disbelief. And because of that, he became mute. But however, Elizabeth, you know, she did in fact get pregnant. Um, and, and that's really powerful to show you, like when God says something, truly, if God is the one that said that word, whatever word you believe God um, said to you, if he sincerely is the one that said it to you, you can rest in peace that it will be fulfilled. Now, that doesn't mean the waiting is going to be easy. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But one thing I could guarantee you and I encourage you to keep in mind is that if you got that word from God, you can bet on it anytime. You can bet on it anytime because God's word never falters. God's word never fails. Amen. God's word never fails. And that's what, again, I love about um, Joseph is that even when he was in the prison, even when his own brothers betrayed him, even when um, the lady, right, part of his wife, tried to make him commit adultery, he kept his he kept God's word front and center in the in his mind and he hold it he hold on to it he clinged on to it until it manifested and truly it manifested and so if jo if if God did it for Joseph I strongly believe that God will do it for you so hang in there trust God
Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, all things are possible with Christ Jesus. Until next time, it was JLP. Take care. Peace out.